you've flipped the laptop off uh, because you work from home these days. But today, I wanted to go over really the idea of understanding how markets work, understanding how markets breathe, I guess, if you could say a market, I don't know, breathed. Um, we're going to talk about the oxygen of a, of a property market. Um, now, I'm going to do this based on the Australian property market, but of course, uh, you can drill down into a state property market or a centric to a city property market. Um, but we're going to go over some of the critical factors that tell us if the market is generally going to be stable or unstable when it comes to its uh I guess, outlook when it comes to property. So uh, welcome aboard if you're tuning in live um, and uh, I'll take you through some of these dynamics. So I know you guys are time poor, so I won't drag it on. Um, might flip over to my whiteboard. All right, so the first uh, way to do this and one of the easiest ways to, to do uh, the idea of understanding if, uh, a market is strong is just to give it a bit of a score. And uh, the best way to do that is to create almost like I just use arrows, three little arrows that tell us if things are moving in the right direction. Three being great, um, two being average, one being poor, and a downward arrow, meaning the market is actually trending in the in the wrong direction. So uh, the first thing we probably want to look at is credit availability. Uh, real estate is anchored to the cost of money. So I don't know if anyone wants to play, but if we were to look at credit availability, it has been very easy over the last year and a half. Uh, into the future, the availability credit is probably going to drop down to two instead of a three. Still very good. Obviously, what uh, people are talking about is potentially making the serviceability for lending a tad harder by uh, a smidgen, not by a great amount. And of course, um, what that'll do is mean some people can't spend that extra $100,000 to buy that property because they simply can't borrow it. So obviously, when credit gets pushed, it uh, has an impact on the rate of capital growth. Now, prior to really where we, if we were to analyze last year, we would say we had three ticks if we're going to look into the crystal ball of the next phase of the macro market across Australia, it's, it's going to get two ticks which or two arrows up, which is still very, very strong. The price of credit is, again, a very, very big part of macroeconomics. And if we look at the price of credit, it is so cheap. I mean, um, ridiculous. And it will be for a long time. No, Jason, uh, myself talk about this a lot. You know, we now are going to live in a decade of of base, practically, uh, you know, low rates. It's going to be ridiculously low for a very long time. 
So this is really quite healthy for the real estate marketplace. Um, and of course, the more ticks we can get, the more health the real estate marketplace has. Uh, the next one is employment. Now, the unemployment rate in Australia is very, very low at the moment. Even with all of the lockdowns right now, the employment figures are at a uh, really low rate. The Reserve Bank would love unemployment to hit around 4%, the jobless rate to be about 4%. Um, if that was to occur, it would be close to seeing wage growth in Australia. It won't hit 4%. And of course, uh, Australia kind of masks its unemployment rate a little bit by including sort of part-time work in its employment figures. But overall, one would have to say that the economy is quite strong and the reports that we do see in the economy really scores the jobless rate at uh, three, three little hats. So think of the hatted restaurant concept. We want three little hats uh, to score the most. So we're going pretty good. We're going pretty good. The next one is population growth. Now, this one obviously is a bit of a question mark at the moment. Obviously, um, the roadmap, so-called roadmap to recovery, I never know uh, if this stuff is going to unfold or not, suggests that overseas students and certainly expats will be allowed back, um, you know, virtually immediately. And then after that, we should start to see more migration and obviously tourism back into the country. But at a, at a uh, I guess, a macro level, it would probably score three dashes at the moment. At a local level, it is a lot different. Local level being are people migrating into certain suburbs or migrating to certain cities. And obviously, you know, we're seeing, for example, Southeast Queensland um, get almost three hats if we were to look at that marketplace. And it's doing that off the back of obviously people leaving less affordable markets, places like Sydney to uh, drift up to Brisbane. So, but from a national level, we're going to, we, we kind of get a bit of a cross when it comes to population growth at the moment. Uh, when it comes to the cost of money, very good. The price of credit, very good. Employment, very good. Population growth, not so good. Incentives uh, into the marketplace. Um, this is one which uh, we often see in real estate. Real estate is incentivized as a tax sport in Australia. And I would probably put that to more like a two than a three when it comes to real estate. Uh, we've still got obviously our gearing benefits through negative gearing, uh, through depreciation. At the start of last year, though, we had a lot of incentives to buy real estate. Uh, 140,000 dwellings got purchased by people from the rental pool buying their first property in the marketplace. First homeowner numbers were extremely high last year. 
So we have come down a bit from the high of last year. If you were looking at last year, you would have said tax incentives was a three-hat situation. This year, more of a two-hat situation, which is, uh, which is pretty good. The next, um, the next market you generally have a look at is foreign investors. Now, why we look at foreign investors, if foreign um, activity is coming into the market, it usually so shows that there is a healthy appetite for our economy, for the structures inside our economy. At the moment, it's probably really a one-hat situation. Um, we aren't seeing the big uh, investment into the country from from foreigners that we once have seen in the past. But certainly, I think um, with some of the challenges in other countries at the moment, I think that will actually increase into the future. Of course, foreign investment pushes prices up because it artificially creates demand in the marketplace, more demand than is uh, living local, so to speak. And of course, um, a lot of that foreign investment is into Australian residential real estate. It always has been and uh, it will continue to do. At the moment, it uh, with borders shut, uh, with money circulating less into uh, foreign assets, it is something that I think is a little, um, you know, uh, a little less fluid. The next thing we'd probably look at is planning. So future stock, basically, future stock. Now, I'm going to score, obviously, what we want in this situation is less stock coming through the funnel as a property investor. And I'm going to um, score this a three hat. There is really challenges at the moment to find land suitable to develop that is connected to all of our cities, whether they're small regional cities um, or even more major cities. Particularly in major cities, changing the market landscape overnight is not going to happen. What we are seeing, for example, is the lowest level of stock in apartments in our major urban land masses uh, for you know over a decade. So with um, with the future of stock uncertain in the marketplace, it really plays out as a bit of a tick for uh, basically the market is not going to be reshaped by oversupply. Now, you're probably hearing, obviously, in, uh, in China, uh, you know, with the evergreen, uh, you know, uh, stock glut, which is happening in China, um, you know, the polar opposite, right? We, we're literally hundreds of thousands of properties undersupplied and with no future correction in the pipeline. And the polar opposite is happening in other countries. So uh, if you were to analyze the macro Chinese market, you know, you would, you would, it would be like this for future, future stock too much, too much of it over there. So uh, obviously the uh, next thing you look at is current stock, like stock on market. And uh, are we in, oversupply or undersupply. I think that one's a really easy one for us all to 
comprehend. There's just not enough stock compared to the demand. I think last year we had um, 42% more buyers in the market than have ever been in the Australian property market. Um, Into the future, I think um, stock will come back on the market as restrictions ease. But I would say, you know, we're probably going to be at a 2.5 star marketplace uh, with the three Michelin stars being what we want when it comes to current stock levels. Really, uh, we're not seeing the stock which is, um, which is, you know, which was what we fundamentally need. Then uh, really the final thing we look for is structural change in the marketplace, a structural, uh, uh, you know, movement in the market. And so obviously the structural change when it comes to uh, real estate has certainly been a new um, idea around, you know, what assets are worth, uh, structural change has been quantitative easing into the marketplace, QE. Uh, basically, a trillion dollars worth of money has been uh, put into the economy. And so what that does, it inflates the value of assets. And of course, if you own assets, you ultimately um, see a price, uh, act, you know, price activity off the back of that structural change. So again, um, that you would have to say is not going anywhere and is fundamentally now supporting the market prices which we're seeing in the Australian real estate market. So there's a lot of ticks. There's a lot of two and three star activities, the question mark probably over population at the moment. That's obviously just a matter of opening the borders. Um, so where do I see the property market from a macro level into the next phase? I, I mentioned this once before, you know, we're sort of had a bit of a boom, but we're not going to sort of bust or slide or or be stagnant because the the reason is, of course, is even with um, credit, you know, being reviewed, the price of credit is just so cheap. And of course, for people, it is ultimately cheaper to own than rent in many situations. So we're going to go into more what we call a boom recovery. And as such, what a recovery or rising market looks like is more like 5% capital growth per annum instead of this sort of huge 18-month uh, burst where we, where we, you know, in many cases have seen 20% capital growth. So boom recovery is, uh, is where we're headed and the uh, marketplace looks pretty good. Lots of ticks, lots of ticks. So, hey, thanks for tuning in. Um, I will tackle some more ideas tomorrow on real estate. Thanks for, for tuning in this late. Have a wonderful evening and uh, we'll catch you again. All the best.